in the dead of night, a sudden burst of flame catches a sleepy village by surprise. The sound of tumbling brick from collapsing houses and the sharp snap of wood echo throughout the town, quickly escalating the confusion into a widespread panic. Desperate people rush to gather buckets of water to put out the screaming fires which now engulf their home, as cries of agony and horror become mute to the roaring waves of flame. But the water gathered from the river does little to tame the vicious inferno. A town cleric ushers people away while feebly attempting to hold back the unusual blaze long enough for the few survivors to make their escape. Dark, thick smoke fills the streets, invading their nostrils with an acrid stench before pouring into their lungs. The red glow illuminating the night is not enough to guide the villagers to safety as the stinging dry air assaults their eyes and the wind carries large embers to the docks, igniting their best means of escape. Realizing there is no one left to be saved, the cleric drops an empty bucket as the flames begin to enclose them. Looking to the sky, they notice an unnatural clearing in the smoke, just wide enough to view the looming peak of nearby Thorntop Mountain, which was perfectly lit by the moon high above. Staring at the peak, the cleric manages to whisper, Was this you? Before becoming devoured by the encroaching fire. One L Two N presents The Cursing Tree, Part One, Spring. always been a place where lovers spent a warm afternoon gazing upon the wheat-laced rolling hills that covered the valley below. An overlook near its top served as the crown jewel of the trail to the summit, inviting those who were brave enough to scramble up the rocks that guarded its approach. The mountain peak was home to a close-knit group of beech trees who blossomed in early spring, providing much-needed shade for the picnics and romantic embraces of those who hiked to seek their shelter. Opposite the trees, on the edge of the overlook, was a crescent-shaped clearing that came to a sharp tip pointing to the village below. Those first few humans who ascended Thorntop Mountain called this place Guiding Point. For nearly 300 years, humans had been peacefully living out their days in the small village nestled between the mountain and river. The town earned the name Bakersville, from traders who would row the river and become ensnared by the smell of fresh bread wafting from the farms along the water. People were happy, healthy, and content with their lot in life. But as it so happens, not all creatures were as equally fulfilled as the villagers. 
In fact, one in particular was left wanting. The Lonely Oak. The Lonely Oak was a young sapling who rested on a small ledge a few meters down from Guiding Point. His secluded home was cool, moist, and precariously positioned between Guiding Point and an untimely misstep that could teach a quick lesson about gravity's unrelenting pull. The rich soil of the ledge, which helped the Lonely Oak gain vitality in his early growing years, was mysteriously absent of any other plant life. It was only a few feet wide and had no approach for the adventurous, but the ledge served the Lonely Oak well in his isolation. He did not know why he sprouted up without a family nearby, nor how his acorn came to lay where it did. So to pass the time, he would imagine all the ways in which a strong-willed blue jay had snatched him up from the thin grass that covered his mother's roots and carried him to his rest. Or perhaps a daring squirrel wandered up the cliffside to bury their treasure far above the reach of its competitors. Even more mysterious yet, maybe the lonely oak had simply always been a part of the mountain, but only now had awoke to look at the village below. There was no other life on the shallow ledge for him to talk with, so he dreamt wildly and basked in the sun when it showed itself. One early autumn, at a time in his youth, as the lonely oak was going about his midday routine of spinning up his leaves and stretching out his branches, he gazed up at the sun and the declining warmth that the season was bringing when something floated between his view and the light from the sky. The small dark object danced on the wind, gently bouncing back and forth, twirling with each tiny bit of resistance that the air tapped upon it. This was no feather in slow descent, slipping from the heavens towards him. It was something else, something more beautiful. The yellow glow of its edges became more apparent as it drifted closer, and the accents of a darker orange in the center emerged. He stretched out his branches as far as they would reach and stopped the object from falling past him as it brushed down against the tips of his twigs. It was a leaf, but it was quite different from his own. The lonely oak's touch glided along the leaf's thin body, and he saw straight-lined veins, evenly spaced, colliding into its central midrib. Where did this leaf come from? He thought to himself. A sudden sharp wind from the west snapped the new leaf off of his twigs and carried it down the cliffside towards the village. The lonely oak looked up towards the edge of Guiding Point and wondered, for the first time in his life, if there was more to see in the mountain above him. The lonely oak accepted the solitude of his life thus far, and his short stature was a good measure of this. Growth was meant for a group of trees, and he was alone. Or was he? Like so many of us, the discovery of something new sparked a need in the lonely oak. 
a need to grow above the edge of Guiding Point and see what more was up there. He dug his roots deep into the soil beneath, spreading them out wide to take firm hold of the ground, pushing past the mineral soil and touching up against the rock of the cliffside, drawing nutrients and stability from its foundation. His leaves worked overtime, following the sun like a moth to the moon, generating the sustenance he would need to devour. His branches held themselves high and balanced his growth while catching additional rain to run down them and onto the ledge so his roots could gulp down the extra water. Season after season, the lonely oak stretched his trunk into the sky towards Guiding Point until his struggle and hard work had paid off and he was finally ready to peek over the ledge above him and see the new world that awaited his efforts. As he rose into the air, a blood-orange blot started to emerge into view. A beautiful display in the crown of a blooming goddess whose buds were forming a thousand small puffs that gently hung from each stem. The lonely oak continued to rise with great haste, peering at the remarkable branches and smooth gray bark on the trunk of this magnificent tree. She was the most stunning creature he would ever look upon, and he thought himself a fool for wasting so much of his youth staying below Guiding Point instead of growing up to glance at the wonders that was concealed above. The lonely oak was unaware that he had become frozen in place, hanging his small crown down to the ground and towards the lovely beach in a silly daze. A delightful shock hit him when he saw her leaning slightly to the side in a curious greeting, waving her branches in his direction. The lonely oak's budding leaves shot bright red, floated away as he remained still like the stone of the cliff he called home, unsure of how to reply. He timidly waved a few branches back at the lovely beach with a slow shake in his limbs. She flourished her twigs and sent a few of her petals gliding towards the lonely oak. The family of the lovely beach, obscured behind her, bent to the side of her trunk to see the newcomer. One by one, they waved their branches until he had lost count of them all. The oak was no longer alone. Summer. The oak continued to grow with fervor in his youth, determined to match his crown height with the lovely beach. As he grew, he became familiar with the other members of her family, but could never avert his gaze away from the gorgeous tree that was closest to him. Every morning they would wave to each other, and every night they would look up at the distant stars that streaked across the twinkling sky. As the decades passed, the oak grew into a sturdy and tall tree, with his trunk wrapping around the tip of Guiding Point. He watched a generation of lovers and adventurers ascend to the peak to embrace each other in the shade of the beech trees on Thorntop Mountain. The people played, giggled, and rolled around in the grasses while they shared their happiness with the trees. 
The oak saw how the townsfolk held each other, and as they expressed their love and joy, he wondered if the lovely beech felt the same way about him. His bark may have been rougher than the other trees, and his acorns were certainly more barren than the hard pyramids that formed the beech nuts, but the way the oak felt the lovely beech waved at him meant that he was somehow special. As passing songbirds landed on his branches, the oak would tell them of his desires for connection, and after hearing his romantic phrases, the slow and steady song of the cardinals would join in with the fast and frantic phrases of the finches to form a ballad for the lovely beach. The robins, consistent with their love for drama, would flap their wings and jump over to the lovely beach's twigs, whispering all of the secrets they had just learned from the oak. Their gossip never bothered him, though, since his flirting was not exactly hidden from her. As time went on, the lovely beach grew more radiant and with each passing year spread her crown nearer to the oak. When they had both reached full maturity, only a few feet separated the two of them. Yet, as close as they had grown to one another, the small distance was further than the oak wanted. He had longed to reach out to the lovely beach and touch her branches, if only for a moment. He would look to the stars every night and wish he could hold her close. But even at a distance, he was happy. The mountain, like the village below, was calm. One unremarkable summer day, as afternoon slipped away into early evening, the oak was looking towards his distant desire and dreaming of her embrace when a light wind brushed across the beech's leaves. The oak's desire for her had built into a rising jealousy and desperation over time, and after seeing the wind taunt him for being able to touch what he could not, he whispered out and cursed the sky. As his words slipped upon the wind and carried themselves away, a strange set of clouds from the south pulled his attention away from her. A dark green hue slipping out between the cracks in their increasing volume hit a fit of hushed anger the oak had not seen before. The clouds summoned the sky to join them in blotting out the sun with a rapid concealment of the once pleasant afternoon. A low rumble, absent from a flash of light that typically preceded, crept up on the trees and lingered as it danced around them. The birds flew off with haste when the cold and sour winds started their approach to Thorntop Mountain. The gray in the sky deepened just before a most peculiar thing happened. From the darkness of the clouds, a cold white stone, twice the size of the oak's acorns, crashed down between the oak and the lovely beach. It hit the ground with a weight that announced its presence to every tree on the peak. They all twisted slightly to see what had fallen from the sky and immediately knew that it was nothing good. It wasn't long before a second white stone slammed on the ground nearby. 
then another, and another. The trees looked up at the taunting clouds as they froze, cracked into 10,000 pieces, and began to assault the peak. The hail crashed into the trees and battered them back and forth. Branches snapped off as the rocks broke clean through them. The whisper of the wind opened wide to a roar and tore the leaves from everyone. The trees shook violently as the push of the wind became a flood, ripping limbs off of those who were too weak to resist. They feared the devil had sent a storm to punish them for the good life they had lived. As the approaching swirl of evil that the storm had conjured grew ever closer to the peak, it started to claim its first victims. On the southernmost side of the patch of trees, an older beech tree was caught in the storm's grasp. Lifting the tree from where it was planted and ripping the roots straight from the soil. It flew up in the air for a short moment before slamming down upon its kin. Another followed suit and came crashing into the other trees, weakening their grip on the ground below. This chain reaction led tree after tree to be pulled from its home. The oak's strong roots were planted firmly upon the ledge he was born, but he feared the lovely beach would not be strong enough to resist the vile pull that the storm had brought. The mountain became covered by the trunks of the trees that were uprooted from the ferocity of the storm, and the wave of approaching doom was soon at the back of the lovely beach. A dark wall of wind began pushing at her trunk, and it terrified the oak. He couldn't lose her. She started rocking in the breath of this devil, and her grip on the ground around began to buckle. The oak knew they only had moments left before the storm claimed her as well. He had to do something. Stretching his limbs out wide, he opened his arms for her. Just like that dancing leaf he caught so many years ago, he was ready to catch her now. The sideways storm knocked into the lovely beach with an unstoppable force. One by one, her roots peeked up above the soil until Unable to hold on any longer, they tore themselves from the earth. The lovely beach started to fall. Conjuring all of his strength and will, the oak moved his limbs out further than they had ever moved before, just as the lovely beach toppled over. She crashed down upon his outstretched arms, and he braced her up against the might of the terrible storm that raged around them. His twigs cracked and his bark split under the strain of holding up the lovely beach, but he did not relent. The oak supported her trunk in defiance of the storm, denying its efforts to take away the best thing that he had ever known. He pushed back harder as the wind volleyed to knock her down, refusing its howling demands. 
two forces clashed until the storm recognized a fortitude and will in the oak that could not be overcome. To take the lovely beach away would require a power that this angry tempest did not possess. The storm grew exhausted as the exertion that it brought was too great to hold form, and it dissipated under its own fury, unable to claim the last of the trees. The hail ceased, and the clouds started to fade, forcing the roar of the wind to decline back down to a whisper. The storm rolled away in defeat. The sun pierced its rays through the clouds and re-emerged on the peak of Thorntop Mountain. The quickness in which the storm came and went did not match the devastation it had brought. As all the trees were stripped from the mountain, except for the oak and the lovely beech, whom he had saved. The oak was shaken from this experience and feared that his carelessly whispered curse upon the sky had been the true source of power that nearly wiped the peak clear. Seeing how he nearly lost everything he cared for, he vowed to never summon a curse again. While looking at his love, the oak worried for her welfare, as half of her roots were touching light for the first time. I must help get her upright and standing again. He strained to lift her back into place and his branches began to crack under the effort. As the oak struggled to help the lovely beech, she declined his efforts and instead wrapped her limbs around his. The harder he pushed back, the tighter she grabbed onto him. I'm trying to save you, he screamed but she continued to protest her full return to the ground. Already drained of energy from his battle with the storm, he quickly depleted his strength and was forced to stop. The oak gently let her trunk down to rest upon his shoulder, and in response, she loosened the grip of her branches and settled softly into his arms. The lovely beech caressed the oak in a manner he never thought he would feel. It was now that he understood. She was telling him that everything would be all right, that this is where she wanted to be. He held her in his arms through the fall and winter as she rested and recovered. When spring arrived, he stopped the buds on his twigs that hung above her from forming so that she could take in all the light she needed. When she awoke from her rest, cuddled in the embrace of the oak, the lovely beech bloomed a deeper red, more vibrant and fuller than the oak had ever seen in the years he knew her before. Happiness flowed from every ridge in his bark, and it shouted out to the world that the oak was complete. Part 3 Fall In their time together, the lovely beach became more radiant and healthy with every spring that she spent touching the oak's bark. 
Their limbs would sway in the breeze and catch the light rain as their branches held each other close. The oak, a late sleeper, would wake from the winter and see his love more beautiful than in his dreams. The grasses on top of the mountain swelled in the presence of the tree's love and sparkled with a multitude of green shades that would make any gardener jealous. The autumn leaves that they shed in boastful competition of their feelings for each other filled the heads and palettes of the artists and painters who visited them. Together, their lives were rich. The birds who came to greet them understood that the bond between these trees was something special. The squirrels that clambered up the mountain to grab their mast knew there were no acorn sweeter in the whole world. The people from Bakersville, seeing how these two were the only survivors from that wretched storm, knew there was a reason they both lived on. They could see how much they cared for each other. The townsfolk named them the Lover Trees, and they became a site of beauty for all who claimed an admiration for one another. Soon enough, they began to perform weddings next to the Lover Trees, and every time the vows were recited, the oak and the lovely beech would repeat them back as if the words were meant for them. She would squeeze her branches against his, and they would fall asleep under the stars together. This happiness went on for the best decades of their lives. One day, an older couple climbed the rocks to sojourn under the trees for a few hours, and the oak thought that the graying faces looking towards them seemed familiar. The older man spoke to his wife and related a tale of their marriage at that very spot 30 years before. Has it really been 30 years that I've held my love? To him, it seemed as if it was just yesterday when he peeked over the cliff and was granted that first precious glimpse of the beauty he now shared his life with. The oak's thoughts drifted him away as if on a gentle breeze when the old man's voice carried him back to the moment. Our love is eternal, and like these trees, I wish for all the world to know it. Curiously, the man pulled out a small folding knife from his pocket and opened the blade. The old man approached the lovely beach and started to make tiny markings in her trunk. He carved the letters K plus R into the smooth bark, much to the frightful confusion of the oak. The older couple touched the letters together, and a few tears came from the woman's face as they moved to kiss one another. The oak did not understand why they carved these letters and what made the woman cry with happiness. But his confusion gave way to relief as he stared at his partner, who seemed unfazed by the actions of the old couple. As time went on, 
A few more romantics carve their letters into the lovely beach, just like the old couple. L plus A, V plus H, B plus I. With each of these interactions, the couple pledge themselves to each other for all eternity with the lover trees as their witness. The oak contemplated these actions every time and slowly came to a most delightful conclusion. The connection he shared with the lovely beach was so strong that the others could only dream of holding each other for as long as they had. The purity of their embrace had become a symbol to be envied by all who would claim a love for one another. One woman, who made the journey to add her letters to the lovely beach, called the carvings arborglyphs, which made the oak chuckle with glee at how silly of a word that was. Year after year, lovers climbed Thorntop Mountain in hopes of adding their letters to the trunk of the lovely beach and the oak was filled with delight to share in the joy of others. At the end of one summer, the oak noticed that the lovely beach showed a few odd leaves yellowing earlier than they had in the past, but thought nothing more of it. We all get blemishes now and then, although her blemishes were more alluring than his. The following spring, while the snow was melting and the deep thaw had begun, the oak awoke in early anticipation of the breathtaking bouquet of beautiful blooms that the lovely beach brought with her. As he looked at his love and the large number of letters marked onto her by so many couples, he smiled, knowing her exquisiteness was such a legend that they chose her for their arborglyphs. The oak eagerly waited for his love to awaken from her winter slumber though he was honestly surprised she was not already awake, as she was usually the first to say hello to the chirping birds who visited them when the cold started to lessen. As the days grew longer and the warmth of spring crept in, the oak still patiently waited. He was happily rewarded when the lovely beech awoke and blossomed for her love. She may have slept in for a few weeks, but the oak did not mind, for she was nearly as vibrant as ever. He laughed the situation away and thought, this is how she must feel in anticipation of my awakening every year. Together they bloomed, excited to see who would come up the mountain to share in their love. The townsfolk continued to make their way to the lover trees and proclaimed their hearts to be eternally bound together like the branches of the trees that wound around each other. The oak watched as the arbor glyphs filled the lovely beach's bark. Space was becoming scarce, and the residents of Bakersville started to run out of easily accessible places to leave their declaration of eternal love. As the plots became fewer, some dared to approach the oak on the steep edge of Guiding Point and attempt to mark their letters into him. However, the thick ridges of his bark made this a difficult and unattractive choice that would inevitably turn the people back to the lovely beach to leave their legacy. At the tail end of summer, a daring and determined young man slowly climbed the leaning trunk of the lovely beach to mark a spot higher than any other had reached before. As his knife struck into the bark, the oak observed something strange. 
With each line that the young man carved, a leaf fell from the lovely beech's crown. The M plus E, which he left on her, took ten leaves in return. The couple kissed and left the lover trees alone for the incoming change in season. The oak was now worried for his love, as something was happening to her that he did not understand. Perhaps she just needs more rest and everything will get better. The fall greeted summer swiftly, and both the lovely beech and the oak quickly shed the rest of their leaves together. He held her close and prepared for winter. spring came, the lovely beach took even longer to awake than in previous years. The oak's concern deepened. He squeezed her twigs, and she gently squeezed his back. It was softer in grasp, but wrapped deeper than before. Her blossom was muted and slow. Something was wrong. What is it, my love? The oak thought. How can I help? The first couple came up the mountain in mid-spring and climbed up the trunk to mark their letters on the lovely beech's bark. She was still blooming when the letters T plus A were cut into her skin. After they had finished and were kissing beneath the lover trees, a branch full of buds beginning their bloom, withered, and the brownish-red hue drained from them into nothing. The oak could not believe what was happening. Were the arbor glyphs hurting her? He refused this truth. The townsfolk were only showing their love. How could that possibly be at the expense of his? Something so wonderful couldn't be causing this decline, could it? He had to admit, as time went on, the more marks she received, the worse she started to look. Surely, they must notice too. They would stop when they saw how it was hurting her. But to his despair, they did not. The townsfolk came in greater numbers than ever to Thorntop Mountain's peak that year. Declarations of love, weddings, embraces, and time spent staring off the mountain to a future that they imagined for themselves were all overshadowing the rapid decline of the lovely beach. The oak felt panic in his core as he helplessly watched them take out their knives one by one. With every cut, the oak cried out for people to stop. Please, you're hurting her. Yet they continued unaware or unwilling 
to acknowledge the pain they were inflicting on her. Her leaves shriveled one by one. Mark me instead, I beg of you. His desperate requests went unanswered, and they kept carving higher and higher. Her branches split at the tips. You don't know what you're doing, stop it! They smothered her life away with each stroke. The oak wanted to crush all of them under his arms, but to do so would mean dropping the lovely beach and losing her all the same. He would never let go. He would hold on to his love for all time. He was helpless to halt them from their crimes and forced to watch as they stole her life, cut by cut. That which he cherished most was slipping away, and he couldn't stop them. After the townsfolk had laughed and embraced one another under the demise of the lovely beach, the chill of autumn set in to the dire relief of the oak. He was finally alone with the only one he had ever cared about. It's okay. They're gone now. He glanced at the attack they had made on her body. Her bark was so torn by the letters of the people from the village below that she looked as rough as him. The few brown leaves that she had left dropped one at a time as the oak talked to her, desperate to convey his love, as if words would somehow stop her decline. I'm sorry, my love. I wish it was me they hurt instead. A leaf slipped off her twig. I need you to stay with me. You're all that I have left. He could feel her warmth fading. Another leaf fell. I cannot imagine a world without you. Please. Please don't go. Her weak grip became firmer for a moment, and her branches tightened as if to never slip off. The oak bound her close to him and watched as the last of her leaves floated away. His core froze as her twigs relinquished their grip on him. Instead of resting, the oak spent the winter looking at his lovely beach. When spring came, she did not wake. The oak was lonely once more. The sorrow of the lonely oak beaded down the ridges of his bark like a slow rain determined to prolong the soaking of every inch it touched. It concentrated at the base of his trunk and pooled into a black substance, a void of grief. This liquid despair sunk into the roots embedded in the ledge below Guiding Point and poisoned the rock it hugged. 
A cold hatred spread throughout the stone and across the once thriving peak of Thorntop Mountain. The fresh growing grasses grayed and withered, the insects and small squirrels scattered. Life drained from the peak. Even the sun seemed to avoid the mountain now, as to not become darkened by its dread. A few locals made their way towards the top over the next few weeks, but quickly turned away when they saw the aftermath of the Lonely Oaks morning. A cleric from the town was asked to reach the summit to devise what manner of evil had been cast upon this once beautiful destination. A still fear cloaked the cleric on approach when they saw the source was streaming from the Lonely Oak and felt his gaze upon them. The townsfolk were warned that Thorntop Mountain was no longer a safe place, and most of them listened. At one point, a group of young kids seeking mischief made their way to the lover trees to show how brave they were in the face of such evil. These small-minded people, looking to make themselves feel bigger, decided to raise themselves up by tearing something down. They climbed up the trunk of the beech tree and with axes in hand, started to hack away at the corpse of the Lonely Oak's once lively partner. Her heartwood cracked and bent while they laughed in the pleasure of their pointless, destructive attacks. The oak watched, drained of all hope, yet refusing to let go of his love. When the foolish kids became bored of proving their superiority over a dead tree, they left the peak of Thorntop Mountain. The beach's body, toppled by a matchless storm, scarred by proclamations of love and broken by the callous swings of an axe. Split in two, collapsed to the ground and dried to dust in a matter of months. Why would they take her corpse from me? The Oak thought. Killing her wasn't enough. They had to rip her from my arms as well. The loss was worse than the seclusion he had felt as a sapling. Maybe it would have been better to stay below the ledge all those decades ago. A seemingly endless winter surrounded him as he looked at the emptiness that enveloped his existence. How could they not know? Echoed throughout his mind. The sorrow that had replaced his joy had started to fade as well, pushed aside by a much deeper feeling that he had not experienced before. He stopped producing leaves and stared upon the western horizon, watching the setting sun in the fiery sky ignite the newly found anger in his heart. A spark inside of him demanded revenge, and he used his growing ire as its fuel. The Lonely Oak The last life atop the mountain, the tree of guiding point, the surviving half of the lover trees, swore he would use the cursing power which summoned that dreadful storm to lay a curse upon anyone who dared show their love around him again. 
he would force their hearts full of a pain greater than they had ever known. He would make their loved ones suffer. The cursing tree would watch as their world burned. L2N thanks you for listening to our presentation of The Cursing Tree. We are so grateful that you chose to join us on this journey. If you like what you heard, have feedback to share, or questions to ask, you can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit at 1L2N Productions, or visit our website, which is 1L2N Productions.com. And if you want a special behind-the-scenes look into the making of The Cursing Tree, we invite you to check out the bonus episode of the 1L2N podcast dedicated to this production. Thank you again for listening to our first orchestrated narrative, and we look forward to presenting our next one to you.